Hi everyone, this is Allison Die Jack, and you're listening to Midtown Radio. Now, COVID-19 has had many impacts for our province and country as a whole, but it's also showing its effects on a much smaller scale, impacting how neighborhoods and communities gather. I'm here today with Shirley Goslin, the president of the Cherry Park Neighborhood Association, to chat about what this spring has looked like so far for Cherry Park Neighborhood right here in Midtown. Hi, Shirley. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, Allison. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a bit of a rainy day today, but uh, it's not too bad. We need those days for the gardens, right? <laughs> well, yes. The spring bulbs need the watering. <laughs> exactly. So, Shirley, what has spring looked like at your house so far? Is there anything that you've added to your routine with the warmer weather now upon us? Well, with the warmer weather, we're getting out and doing more gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been basically just in my yard because of the closure. Mm-hmm, of course. Well, I'm really missing getting over to the community gardens and uh, on the at the community flower beds, working in them as well. Do you have um, any favorite plants at home that you're anxiously awaiting to see come up? Are there any that are kind of, uh, you know, your favorite one to look out for? Well, I'm very fond of the spring bulbs. Mm-hmm. That's probably why we plant a lot of them each fall. Mm-hmm. And when I work with uh, the school garden club, I get the youngest grades to plant bulbs, and then they have to wait until <laughs> they bloom in the spring. But to me, I, I planting those bulbs in the fall is an act of faith and hope that spring will come again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's always it's always a fun little treat to see them come up, and you kind of think. You know, whatever whatever the winter had and whatever it did, uh, you know, to our lives, there's there's always still spring coming and there's always hope that they'll come back up again every year, right? Yes, so they're my favorites. Mm-hmm. I'm also very fond of fragrant flowers. And so I love it when the lilacs come out and the apple blossoms. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's different flowers every month and... Uh, my the fragrant ones are my favorites, and I have a a soft spot for the ones that you can eat. <laughs> Definitely. Do you do you have any of those at your house? Oh, sweet sicily. Oh, I've never heard of that plant before. You Is can it eat, uh, the foliage okay. it has a, a mild licorice taste? Wow. And when the seed pods are green. Mm-hmm. Oh, lovely green, uh, juicy uh, licorice taste. Is that like, is it like a bush or a tree or, or a smaller plant? It's a smaller plant. It's probably in the herb category. Okay. Wow. But it has uh, white flowers on it, but mm-hmm. they usually don't get more than two feet tall. Lovely. Wow, that's great. I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Now, and then sh- there's a leaf or fennel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the dill, they have a nice white flower bowl. You can't tell them apart till you taste the seeds. So. Oh, okay. But you know the difference. <laughs> That's great. Now, I have walked by your garden many times, Shirley, and I'm always in awe of, you know, how full of life it is and how beautifully arranged all the flowers are. Um, did you grow up doing a lot of gardening or was it something you picked up more in adulthood? 
Well, I have to give most of the credit to the flower beds to my husband. And he prefers an English style, which is sort of looks like a, it grows by itself at random, but it's not, it's not random. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into it, I'm sure. Uh, perennial beds are a lot less work than uh, annuals. Mm -hmm. They come back every year on their own. So they're less work, actually, than a lawn. Okay, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's not like you have to cut them or pull the dandelions out or anything like that, right? Oh, I do dig the dandelions. That's one of my duties. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess I guess we have to do a little bit of weeding to make sure those plants get, uh, you know, all the nutrients and water that they need, well, definitely. Well, our front garden is uh, drought tolerant, so only water new plants when they're put in. Uh, so, and then uh, our uh, backyard is uh, the first part is a shade garden, mm -hmm. and then lower down it's more moist. So, then we have uh, the plants that like a moister ground, and at the far back it's actually a bit of a wetland. So, we have mm -hmm. wetland species in there. Great, that's wonderful. I, I would imagine that there's some people that might not know that there's you know different plants that really prefer different environments. I know uh, last year I I had my first summer in our house when we moved here and we had this one area that we tried to plant peonies. Um, we transplanted some from uh, our parents' house and uh, it was far too wet for them. It was right by our rain barrel and our rain barrel kept overflowing and uh, it was just not the right, not the right place for peonies to be a little too shaded as well. So Well, they love full sun. Mm-hmm, exactly. The moisture, is all, it depends on how wet it is by your rain barrel, yeah. but full sun, they want that. Yeah, yeah, and that part of the house didn't quite have that. So we're gonna we're gonna think about transplanting them in the future so that they can get what they need a little bit more. <laughs> One of the things I'm going to miss when we have our online plant sale mm -hmm. is usually on our plant sale, half the fun was people came seeking garden advice. And knowing where they're gonna plant things is half the battle. Because you want the right place, a plant for the right location. Mm -hmm. You can't put a sun and uh, a rose in the shade. They yeah. will not be happy. Of course. And the same as I, I feel bad when people put hostas in full sun. <laughs> they don't need that. Varieties you can tolerate it, but they prefer more shade. Mm -hmm. And you see them burning in the sun. Oh my! Yeah, there's. There's so much to, you know, the different plants. They all have their own little, almost like personalities, right? Different things that they that they like and things that will make them thrive or, you know, shrivel up a little bit. So, yeah. That's well, it's really like important. people. If you put a, an extrovert in a job with a lot of details and mm -hmm. they don't thrive there and you don't put an introvert who's good on computer in where they have to be face to face with people. For sure. They're not going to thrive. Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing and comparison. You put them where their strengths are and they do much better. Exactly. Shirley, I'm wondering, do you remember one of the first plants that you ever tried to grow by yourself? One of the first things you planted? Oh, I would be really young. <laughs> I would be the, I'm more into the vegetables, okay. and we always, pretty much everywhere we lived, tried to grow vegetables, 
mm-hmm. in uh, our backyard. Yeah. And we were in Montreal and the soil is very clay. <laughs> Great for corn, not so good for a lot of things, though. Mm-hmm. I think probably beans. Okay, nice. Like, like green. grow, and they can grow like an inch or two in a day. It's quite exciting for a child to watch a beans grow. Yeah, I remember uh, a few years ago before I got a teaching job, I worked as a nanny uh, for three little kids. And there was one summer that I brought them a really big pots. They didn't have a garden, but I brought big pots and we planted some beans and they were away on vacation for a week so they had a week off and i had a week off and when they came back that first monday that i was back the beans had grown and the kids were so excited i was excited too that finally they had grown like probably almost eight inches in that week and that was really exciting to just see so much especially if you're growing like a pole bean it can grow that fast Mm -hmm, definitely do you have any advice for maybe someone that's starting out uh, a garden or they just want to get some plants going? What's something that might be like an easier plant to grow? Maybe some easy flowers or easier vegetables or, or herbs to get started? Well, a lot depends on their soil type and their sun conditions. Okay. Hmm. If you want to grow for food, most people like tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And... You can grow it in a pot, so even you, even you get some. It likes at least six hours of sun, but you could move your pot to get try and get that. <laughs> yeah, maybe for people with with a balcony um, or something. Well, not all balconies face sunward, but uh, if you have sun, a tomato because there's nothing better than plucking a warm tomato off the vine, just popping it in your mouth and <laughs> having a burst. Yeah. Chili tomatoes. Oh, they're so much fun. Uh, and they're not hard to grow. Uh, all you need is sun, and remember to water them because they they dry out. Uh, they you'll know if they're drying out. They'll okay. get all wimpy. So they're really fun tomatoes to grow. Uh, a lot depends on what you like to eat. Mm-hmm. Um. And where you're planting, so much depends on where you're planting it. Of course, yeah. So maybe for for any first-time gardeners, it might be worth digging around the soil a bit and seeing if it's a drier area or or a wetter area or how much sun they realize it's getting during make the day. Make a sun chart. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make a, a chart of where you want to plant, and then you go out every hour and, and mark. You oh. have copies of that. Where is it sunny at that hour? Is it not? And then you can actually see how much sunlight you do have. Wow, that's a great idea because, yeah, I notice sometimes when I buy seed packets or or just an already already sprouted plant, um, it'll say like eight hours of sun. And I've never really thought about the exact number of hours. You know, I think, oh, yeah, it seems like a sunny area. But yeah, charting the hours is a great idea. Vegetables need at least six hours of sun a day and if you can give them 8, 10, 12, they're happy. Uh, herbs can be a little more tolerant of shade and then shady areas are quite challenging what you can grow in them. So uh, you'll see in most shade gardens you're going more for foliage than flowers but there's some wonderful lovely foliage plants out there. My husband's current uh, love interest, he it goes I love and with certain plants every time. 
mm-hmm. the hookras, because they can be anywhere from a, a brilliant a limey yellow, a green, all the way down to almost black. They're such a purpley oh, color. The hookras and bronzes and dark greens so there's quite a variety of colors with the hookra leaves wow i i've never heard of that plant before that's very neat uh oh metal rue there's so many different types of rue okay i had one metal rue and they can take quite a bit of shade and the flowers on them were uh were like uh, pink popcorn oh wow and the leaves are these tiny, delicate leaves. Mm-hmm. This, uh, they're sort of like the leaves you'll see on a col- columbine. Okay. They're quite little, delicate little bear paws. That's so sexy. there's so many different types of foliage that you can get. And the ferns are a different shape mm-hmm. and texture of foliage. The yeah, Solomon yeah. seals, the valerians. And, oh, valerian smell. <gasps> <laughs> it smells like vanilla. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I need to look up that one. It smells like vanilla. <laughs> not that great uh, thing to look at, but oh, the smell. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, yeah. I know that I have um, some lily of the valleys that are coming soon, and they always make the backyard smell really, really nice. They're very aggressive. Yeah, they are. They <laughs> spread everywhere. quite a bit. We, uh, we, so like I said, last year was our first summer at, uh, at the house. So it was just kind of, you know, seeing what would come up and surprise us. And we had a whole corner of our yard that was all lily of the valleys. We dug a f- some of them up, but honestly, I feel like we're still going to have a big patch again. They seem pretty resilient. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you basically need like a cement border around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same as the goutweed, sometimes called snow on the mountains. Okay. Which you see often in the eaves of houses where it's shady oh. and dry. Mm-hmm. And you see this variegated leaf plant. That's, yeah, that's goutweed. Wow. I had a contest once at one home between the goutweed and the lily of the valley to see who was tougher. <laughs> and which one won in the end? Goutweed. <laughs> It actually went under three feet of concrete and was coming up the other side. Oh, no. Wow. It's, you know, it's amazing what these plants will do. They they certainly can take over if, if, you, if you let them. Hi, everyone. This is Allison Dijak, and you're listening to Midtown Radio. COVID-19 has had many impacts for our province and country as a whole, but it's also showing its effects on a much smaller scale, impacting how neighborhoods and communities gather. I got to sit down with Shirley Goslin, the president of the Cherry Park Neighborhood Association, to talk about gardening and what spring has looked like so far for Cherry Park Neighborhood right here in Midtown. In this segment, we chatted all about how the closures are impacting different parts of the community. You know, I think that gardening can bring a lot of joy and purpose to people's lives. I, I know it does for me. And I know we had some good news this week that community gardens are now deemed an essential service. So folks that don't have the gardening space at home will still be able to garden this spring and summer. So the Cherry Park neighborhood has two community gardens, right? We actually have three. 
we have Old Willow Green, which is the oldest one, uh, which we started, uh, this will be the 13th season. Wow, amazing. That's the one on Cherry Street. And then we started the Extension Garden, mm -hmm. farther in that same park about seven years ago. And about uh, three years ago, we started the Gildner Green Accessible Garden. So uh, it's all raised beds that people could use in a wheelchair or for seniors, because uh, it's not, uh, they're good height because they're about uh, desk height. Okay. So it's just good for the wheelchair and it's not so much bending over. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Gardening can become a challenge if you're not able to be down on your hands and knees or bending over all the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we have the three. The extension garden is more specialized for very serious uh, uh, gardeners who want to grow food. They're often people with bigger families or people uh, who are really, really enjoy gardening because those plots are at least twice as big. Mm -hmm. They're much bigger, and so it's a lot more work. Okay, yeah, so they need to be a little bit more committed to picking things regularly and, and keeping them maintained, I would imagine. Well, I didn't see the point of uh, starting a second garden that was the same. Mm -hmm. I wanted something that met a different need. And we always had people ask, can can we have bigger plots? Can I have two or three? And I said, well, that's not really fair. Yeah, of course. Now, it sounds like you've been able to chat with some of the people that have used these these gardens in the past. You know, what is What do you think it means to them to have this gardening space that they can use? Well, for some of them, it is an important, important supplement to uh, their diet and security. Mm -hmm. We do get some gardeners who have a lot of allergies. They need uh, organically grown food. Uh, they have to be very careful about additives. So having uh, freshly grown food that they know what's in it and how it was raised is important to them. Um, some of us just love growing our own food and uh, like I started it I have a yard but my yard really uh, has the sun but uh, uh, the soil is damp and cool mm -hmm. which is good for like uh, zucchini okay and those who like lots of water but it's not good for like carrots and beets and potatoes and I like growing those things I like eating those things so uh, I said, well, I'll start a garden. <laughs> so I at least have some place where I can grow some of it. Yeah, of course. And it's amazing what you can grow in a 10 by 10 spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, um, how would anyone go about getting involved with a community garden if they're interested in it? Are all the spots filled up for this year? It would be difficult at this time to get a space. Mm -hmm. You might get lucky, but uh, because some people might have dropped out because of the COVID closure, sure. or even with it being allowed, they're still afraid to go and do it. But uh, I start my waiting list for the gardens uh, January 1st. Okay. I don't start earlier than that because <laughs> too many things happen in people's lives before. Of course, yeah. But I started signing up the gardeners in March, late March mm -hmm. into April. Great. Wonderful. So if it hadn't been for the closure, I would have had everyone signed up and some we would have been working already. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that, Shirley, you've been working tirelessly with 
the city and public health to ensure that our gardens can be safe, but also accessible to people. What do you think gardening at uh, Willow Green and Gildner Green will look like this summer? It'll be a little different because uh, gardeners do like to talk. Mm -hmm. And with the conditions, we will have to, uh, we're not allowed to do that. You ha uh, will have to limit the numbers in the garden and they can't be close to each other. So, or, and we're not to use it as a place of gathering. So we can't use our bread oven this season until that's lifted. Yeah. And uh, gardeners have to keep their distance from each other. So it, it won't be our, our social meeting place anymore. Mm -hmm. But we'll still have the joy and the therapy of growing things. So we're happy about that. Yeah, that's really wonderful. Now, I wanted to chat a little bit about how else the neighborhood has been impacted by the closures. Um, what sort of events would usually be happening in the spring in Cherry Park? Oh, we don't have programming. Mm -hmm. We used to have program, spring programming and classes would be going on till early June and all those got canceled by the city. Uh, so I miss those. I had classes I was teaching and I know people enjoyed a lot of seniors signed up just to get out of the house and be with other people. Of course. And we don't have that. Uh, we didn't have our uh, our annual cleanup mm -hmm. and barbecue because we're not allowed to have gatherings. Yeah. We're not having our cherry festival in July mm -hmm. because even things may be improving and there may be some openings, but we can't have a big crowd. No, and there's usually so, so many like, people you know, there. And we had to completely redesign our perennial plant sale mm -hmm. so that we don't have a, a crowd here. I know. Yeah, it's it's looking pretty different this year. I know last year when I came to the neighborhood, I was really in awe of so much that was going on. When we got our first Cherry Park newsletter, you know, all the classes that were listed and events going on. It's It's a really thriving and lively neighborhood. So... It's too bad that we can't be getting together in large groups as we usually would. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's more difficult to meet new people and build community when you can't have face-to-face -face gatherings. Of course, yeah, we, I agree. We can continue doing some things like this over links now, but you've got to already have the people's emails. Mm -hmm. uh, we do try to communicate with people through our announcement group. Yeah. And on our blog spot and our Facebook. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we do communicate a fair amount that way. We did have those chalkboards until the contractor smashed one up and uh, <laughs> and they haven't replaced them. Mm -hmm. Because there is a significant amount, number of people who uh, don't have computers. Of course. And so uh, we could get messages. People walking by the park all the time could see the messages. Mm -hmm. And if they wanted to know more and they did have a computer, they'd go to our blog spot or our Facebook. Yeah. And we'd have a phone number they could call if they wanted more information. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're not computer people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we have to rely a lot more on just, yeah, emails and messages sent out, whereas... 
it used to maybe be, you know, walking around and someone mentions it to you or you see, you know, you see someone and they might, they might share an event with you or, or invite you to something. something. Mm-hmm. Well, the city wants to know, what are we doing to make community now? And I think, mm-hmm. well, first of all, we're depressed. <laughs> we're not allowed to do practically everything we enjoy doing. Yeah. There used to be every night it was it wasn't raining. You hear the boink 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 out there in the park, and they're always playing baseball, all the little minor league baseball, and the schools. We'd be there playing rugger after class because that's KCI's rugger field, and yeah, all these things are are gone, and we don't have the kids across the street at the school. So, it's gonna take us a while. To gr- we're grieving for what's gone. Of course. And we're starting to get a little creative for, okay, this is around for a while. Uh, we got to get creative. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, we had our skating party before the band came. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, a nice little way to get together with everyone. Yeah, before before we weren't allowed to anymore. I miss uh, the bakes at the outdoor bread oven. Mm-hmm. I would have them at least once a month, and that was fun. It was like going to the country and having um, bread baked outdoors, fresh from the oven, is so delicious. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty special and and just a nice chance. I mean, there isn't a lot to do while you're waiting, so you know you're just kind of waiting and chatting with people and just relaxing together and spending time is always really nice. Mm-hmm. So it is much more challenging. I mean, no, the Canada First is going to be virtual. Yeah, yeah, virtual. Yeah, I don't know what they'll do for Canada Day, but it'll it'll be pretty different with no, you know, big Columbia Field or I don't know if people will do fireworks. I guess if I guess if someone can figure out how to do them by themselves, <laughs> I don't think you'll be able to stop them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, we're spatially distancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, fireworks are something that everyone can enjoy from the comfort of their own home or far apart on the sidewalk somewhere, maybe. <laughs> we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we do understand why, because uh, this is, it is a pandemic and people die from it. Of course. Yeah, it but has to be taken still, seriously. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Shirley, Shirley, for chatting with me today. It was really great to get some insight into gardening and spring and how things are looking in our neighborhood. Thanks for uh, asking, Allison. Shirley Goslin is the president of the Cherry Park Neighborhood Association. I'm Allison Dijak, and you're listening to Midtown Radio.